the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. They use it to push a far-left political agenda in this country that is not only destroying our schools and damaging our kids, but is destroying and damaging our culture. Based on faulty premises. How did this happen? And I just think it's, again, it's a part of the decline of all things that were once rather sacred, but we ha- we are having our young people absolutely indoctrinated in both public education and higher education. Correct the record of what is truth and what is fiction. God's seed has a root structure that's incorruptible and you might not see green for many years. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com. For more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles at the American Family Association blog, The Stand, at Olive Tree Views, at LifeSightNews.com, at WND.com, and elsewhere out on the web, and of course on our website. And be sure to order my second book, now in its second edition, and it's written especially for teens, and it's called Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. We've talked on this program a lot over the years about the problems with books that are now available to children, and actually the problems go much deeper than the very troubling presentations of obscenity, vulgarity, many other dark themes that publishers and libraries seem to favor today. So my interest in this is one of the reasons that a door opened to conversations with our guest today, because she and I share these concerns, and she has become an absolute expert in the area of children's literature and evaluating uh, the material on the basis of many different factors. And she's now come out with an amazing book on this subject, outlining all of this. My my guest is, excuse me, my guest is Deborah DeGroff, and she spent 30 years researching children's books after taking an interest when her children were small. Her curiosity turned to concern when she examined the content And also, when she began to look at the actions of libraries and publishers, she's now considered a leading authority on the subject. And her book is called Between the Covers, What's Inside a Children's Book. And she has a website on the the book and other topics and her blog at whatsinkidsbooks.org. So welcome to Mission America Radio, Debbie. 
Well, thank you for having me, Linda. It, it is an honor, and I consider it a privilege to be asked to be on your show. Well, we we are so grateful for the work you're doing, and um, uh, it's just amazing. This book is overwhelming, just overwhelming with the research you've put into it. There are many reasons that I ask you to be on the show, and we will probably do a future show because a segment of your book is on the subject of reading and literacy, and that deserves all by itself. But right now, in the month of September, we're coming up on the American Library Association's annual observance, which they call Banned Books Week, and that's September 22nd to the 28th. So, Debbie, start us off by describing what Banned Books Week is and how the American Library Association defines that incredible word, censorship. Well, first of all, Banned Book Weeks, I I think you could uh, label as American Library Association's Holy Week. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly right. I mean, there's nothing that they get more excited about. And so Banned Book Week, during that and all the displays that you see in the various libraries, it features the current and previous attempts to censor books in libraries and schools. And when a book receives a banned book label, it simply means that a particular book has been removed from a a classroom or library. All copies of the books aren't banished to the ocean bottom. Exactly. They're still readily available elsewhere. And often, this is the, this is the key part, often with an increased readership due to the books garnering more attention and publicity after they receive this banned book status. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a key issue we always have to remember. Is it really true that when parents object to the books available to children, that they're as the American Library Association wants to make it seem like they're trying to impose their views on everyone, or saying don't let anyone read that book because I object to it, like it's control, it's rigid, redneck, you know, ignorance, and so on? Is it simply that parents are concerned about the recommendations? Um, usually on book lists for students or uh, being in the library about topics that are obscene or anti-Christian or very dark. I mean, there's no attempt to ban them, as you said, universally. That's what the ALA wants people to think, right? Yes. they Basically, in a nutshell, they say that the censor wants to prejudge materials for everyone, but you hit the nail on the head. It's a concern and attentive parents express their concerns about all kinds of things in a school system. Right. Mm-hmm. Just talk to any school board member. I mean, this could go anything from grade scales to dress codes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this isn't any shouldn't be treated any more any differently than that. But suddenly, uh, everybody gets this the glazed look on their eye. Oh, you're doing censorship, and then everything. All the responses are, are kind of different, right? Yes. It closes a conversation that has never began. Right, exactly. Um, if you've just joined us, we are talking with Debbie DeGroff, who has become an expert on and has just written a powerful, powerful book on uh, what's going on in our children's books today. And it's called Between the Covers, What's in a Ch- Inside a Children's Book. So, um, Debbie, before we go any further about how, when, and if parents should bring up books, you know, to make objections to, and whether there may be some other considerations to make, and you've already hinted at that. Let's give people a quick overview in the time we have um, of some of the content of the material that's out there for children. How dark and inappropriate has it become? 
Wow, I tell you what, this is a loaded question. Yes. But I, I have found over the years that parents have no clue is what is really inside a children's book. One young adult book I've read, published by Simon & Schuster's Children's Publishing Division, has over 1,300 F-words alone. Oh, and that was probably the nicest part of the book. Oh, my goodness, wow. And Another has step-by-step instructions on how to prepare Oxycontin to smoke it through a hollowed-out big pen. Wow. Another includes the real web addresses of two porn sites. So sex books for teens teach how to fist, have anal sex, use sex toys, what kind of rope to use that will untie more easily and not give rope burn when you tie up your partner. There's nothing left out of children's books. Oh, oh, it's just so sad. And and friends, I I didn't give a disclaimer. We do have... A little bit of um, a little bit of graphic material here, and, you know. There's usually one always before my program, anyway, and people know this. But just in case, we may touch on some of this again, and uh, so um, just be be aware. But we have to, you have to know. I mean, we have to let, get this out there. So among okay, I, I read your book, and I I, I came away. At, I, you know, I think I'm pretty well versed on this subject. I had thought you have read these books. It's not just bits and pieces. You've read the books that are, and you go over many, many, many of them over the past two and three decades that are out there for children, for the young adult category, which is basically teenagers. Um, So among the popular current themes in teen novels are graphic heterosexual and homosexual sex by teens and others in the book. Gossip about that, about their friends um, advocacy of these lifestyles and management of it all, like it's it can be managed carefully, just like Planned Parenthood gives us uh, in sex ed. Gender confusion and advocacy of those identities. There's never any question, much question about it, unless it's some, um, you know, redneck uh, uh, parent or child. Mocking and distortion of Christian standards on these behaviors. Psychiatric disorders like depression, anxiety, cutting incest, prostitution, suicide, Marxism, drug use by teens, alcohol use by teens, violence, parents who are drunks, abusers, scoundrels, um, and laced with all kinds of vulgarities, F-words, and nu- numerous other obscenities. And did I leave much out there, Debbie? <laughs> I think you covered it pretty well. But I'll add that Christianity seems to be the only religion that is openly castigated. Mm-hmm. Jesus has been stripped of his deity, man's been exalted to godhood, and when there is a recognition of God, he's a she. Christians are the cruelest and the most hypocritical of all, and Christianity is laughable and to be scorned. You know, I'm wondering why, how we got to this point, and I, I've said this before on, uh, to, to our are in the articles I've written and to our audience when we've talked about this topic in the past. Um, nothing is off the table for kids. Why has that happened? Why has that happened? Well, of course, there are personal and radical agendas at work among the publishing companies. Mm-hmm. You have to remember, you can get mad at the school, you can get mad at the library, but these books first came from the publishing houses. Yes. And so, you know, you look at it and all you can come up with is it is pure indoctrination because many, many, many of these newer books target audiences that are children as young as four. 
and enough 20 protesters who changed america was came out in 2018 that's for 5 to 8 year olds mm-hmm. and there's hardly any information in these uh you know it's just too broad they're not giving any specifics but in the back of the book they're giving a short biographical sketch of each of the protesters in the 20 protesters who changed america mm-hmm. and so these protesters that they're exalting are John Lennon and Yoko Ono because of their seven-day bed-in for peace, Gilbert Baker for creating the rainbow flag, Jas Jennings for being a trailblazer for the LGBT community, oh, Copernic for kneeling during the national anthem, and the Parkland students for their very vocal activism. That's the, and, those are and, the role models. Those are the role models, yeah. Those are the role models. And, and then you have to ask yourself, the next book I'm going to show you is a little book of little activists. And in, this is just a book of photographs whose children who tended previous demonstrations and rallies. And they have a quote in there from a five-and-a-half-year-old. Think about this. The little girl's name's Xaviana. She says, I read about other marches, and I saw other kids marching to tell the bullies they were wrong. I thought, I could do that, too. Do you really think that this five-year-old little girl knew who these bullies were and what they were all about and why they were wrong? Yeah, seriously. Is this activism or is it conditioning? Right, indoctrination, total indoctrination. Yeah. Kids are yeah. being manipulated. Well, it's their other issue, though, is is profit, the profit motive for publishers. Mm-hmm. And parents as gatekeepers used to, and, and, and obscenity laws, now we haven't even talked about this, much of right. this would be, illegal under obscenity laws, except where there's an exemption uh, for educational material in obscenity law, which there is in Ohio, uh, in many states, correct? Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's the profit motive that, so when you, sensational stuff sells, right? And so it's an agenda, it's a profit motive, it's the uh, bias of the library and the library uh, profession. Um, And, but, but the issue is, then you think, okay, Back up a little bit. They'll all think, well, this is this is high quality literature, though. These may be sophisticated themes, but um, is isn't the level of literacy very high? And aren't we taking things out of context? Isn't that always the the case? I mean, surely these are these are uh, positive books to encourage literary appreciation and better comprehension. Would that be the case, Debbie? Well, you can't see me, but I am laughing. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) because. Nothing could be further from the truth. I've documented the English-only, fiction-only books on accelerated readers since 2013. And out of over 13,000 books, only 124 of those books even reach a ninth-grade reading level. But 241 of them are written on a first- and second-grade reading level. Now let me repeat, for ninth- to twelfth-grade interest levels. Wow, wow. Yeah, so the, the everything is being, okay, to summarize it, we've only got about a minute here. Things are being dumbed down. The reading levels are dumbed down. Vulgarity is added. Um, obscenity is added. All the agendas are added. And so corruption plus dumbing down is where we're at. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's where, ex- Yes. Um, do you want me to elaborate on that? Yeah, or? just give us a, like a quick, it, yeah. quick hit because we're almost out of time yeah. for this segment. Okay, I just read a book that was written for ninth to 12th grade interest levels that was written on a first grade 
reading level. And you have to ask yourself why. Of course, they say it's for special ed or low reading level older children, but the message is completely on transgenderism. Of course. So what is important, the reading level or the message? Absolutely. Oh, Debbie. Okay, we're going to continue with this incredibly important topic with Debbie DeGroff, who's our uh, guest today. She's written a great book uh, called Between the Covers, What's Inside a Children's Book? And stay with us here on Mission America Radio as we explore this topic about what are your children when you turn them loose in the library? Is it a safe place? Is it even a safe place anymore? So stay with us. This is Linda Harvey. We will be right back following these messages. Don't go away. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And in uh, in uh, recognition of the American Library Association's, as Debbie says, uh, Holy Week, which is a banned books week coming up September 22nd to the 28th, and all the uh, books they will list that have been challenged and parents have had objections, and they're all so foolish, all these parent objections, uh, we're talking with Debbie DeGroff, who's written an incredible book called Between the Covers, What's Inside a Children's Book. And you can go to her website at whatsinkidsbooks.org. Is that right, Debbie? That's, that's, yes. that's yes, it. That's right. So we're going to talk about, okay, they say, oh, parents are censors. You want to ban every copy of every book everywhere. And uh, that's the most terrible thing in the world. What's actually going on as far as quiet censorship in libraries and schools around the country, Debbie? Well, you know, it stands to reason. Publishers, editors, and librarians are just human beings, and their bias comes into what they choose or don't choose, as well as it would with with an average parent. But thousands of books are weeded every month by librarians, and that's what people don't realize. Some of it, of course, is understandable because they don't have unlimited space. Right. But I want to draw attention. There is a site called awfullibrarybooks.net, in which librarians feature numerous books and why they were weeded. And one of the books, it's very interesting, their conclusion, it was Strong Women Stay Slim was a book they weeded. Mm -hmm. The reasoning was that the actual content of the book is more helpful than the title would suggest, but the whole premise of strength being linked to body type is beyond insulting. Mm. (laughs) Perhaps. But can you imagine a parent going before the school board and declaring that a library book should be eliminated because it's insulting? Yeah, right. Well, and, you know, I don't think they would be considering you a professional book weeder. Well, and the, the, their answer all the time is, you're just wanting, you want certain ideas that aren't there out there for kids. No, you know, detailed, uh, you know, descriptions of incest where a father yeah. is assaulting his daughter is not an idea. That is obscenity. And it will leave kids with nightmares. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. So, okay. So, you know, when parents challenge books, give us an idea of um, uh, of what happens. Uh, give us well, an example. Well, there their most common playbook, as soon as a parent uh, tries to read from a passage, if they're allowed to do so, um, they ask them, have you read the book, Mrs. Harvey, and the whole book? And if you say no... The whole thing is over right then. Right. Okay? The discussion that never began is just terminated. Because you've taken it out of context, quote unquote. Right. That's right. Exactly there must be right. high literary value in this book, and you've just taken one passage out of context. That's what they imply. 
Yes, that's right. And other times they're just silenced. They're not even allowed to speak because the content is so bad. Right. But what usually happens as soon as there's a complaint, um, such as South Carolina, some girls are, this was on an optional, optional summer reading list for a freshman honors English. And when they complained about it and the principal was shown, he actually pulled it from the list. And you would have thought the whole South Carolina was rocked over this. And so a 1,000 copies were uh, ultimately donated, and the libraries distributed them free of charge. Right. And I could go through list after list after list of every time this happens. I mean, you can't imagine how many books are donated. But the one thing I do want to bring in is that Some Girls Are was written on a third-grade, ninth-month reading level. Oh. Should this have been a selection for a freshman honors English course in the first place? Yeah, it, there there you go. And the content was obscene and very questionable about sexuality and other things, right? Yes. Right. Yes, it, it it had all of that. I mean, I I uh I mean, just my opinion, I had no redeeming value in it. It was the cruelest bullying I had ever seen in my life. It was criminal. Mm-hmm. Um Alex Gino's George, the same thing. Uh, when one library supervisor, she didn't ban the book. She didn't say it couldn't be in the libraries. She just said that they weren't going to take their regular funds to be able to buy that book because it was inappropriate. That's the book George, the book George. And so Alex Gino, the transgender that wrote that transgender book about a fourth grader, so he went to Twitter and raised funds in less than an hour to make sure all the libraries in the district got the book. So is there a better way for parents to go about this without giving undue publicity uh, to these books? Because they get put on the, the most challenged books list, and then suddenly they're infamous uh, among the library profession that these must be valuable books. Yes, and, and these books basically, so many of them are so poorly written, they would have died a quick death on their own if now they didn't have that notoriety and status of being a banned book leak. Right. But you need to, you know, you need to consider before you go to address this with your school, why is it that objecting to minor children's school is a censorship issue to begin with? Right. It should be an obscenity issue. It, it, this is, this is uh, way, way over the top. None of this, most of this stuff could never be read aloud on the radio uh, right. or I- even in a school board meeting. Or printed in the newspaper. So why are why is it available to our children? You know that's the issue. Um, but there's so much of it that isn't obscenity, but it is still it's just pure indoctrination. It's like a brainwashing man. So so the best better way is for parents to monitor what their kids are reading. I mean, isn't that where we're at? Really, that you have it's to. It's not the answer that people want to hear, but really, you have hit the nail on the head. That's really about all you can do. There's, there's millions of books to choose from, for heaven's sakes. Mm-hmm. So if you have a problem with this one, and this one would be more edifying, your child would get you know, a higher vocabulary level and actually learn something from this book, why do you have to pick this low-level pornographic one? Right. Or things that are, that are unbelievably anti-Christian, like you, you have a book about the Garden of Eden, called The Garden, which is just, I mean, I don't think we have time to go over it. Read Debbie's book. Go get her book, and she tells you about, on her blog, it's also on your blog, actually, on uh, uh, on the whatsinkidsbooks.org website. But the, the basic answer, we've got about a minute, Debbie, is, you know, we need better books for kids. I mean, are Christian books automatically better? 
Let's just answer that question. No. We have not to, necessarily. We have to so, watch those as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. you have to read everything. Uh, one person's review may not match your review. Right. Right. And the reviews given out there in secular uh, in secular land does they do not reflect the content of most of these books. Sometimes you'll get a, a vague uh, sexual situations, vulgarity, and they'll mention it. It doesn't even begin to to describe the horror that you will feel, right, Debbie, as you read some of these books. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Give us your website real fast again. Okay. What's in kidsbooks.org. Okay. And we're going to have you back to talk about the issue of why kids aren't learning to read in the first place and what's what's behind some of that and what can we do and how is all of this measured? Because I think a lot of parents are very interested in that. Is that okay with you, Debbie? That'll be great, Linda. Oh. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I hope we've motivated you, friends, to get involved, to order her book, to read about this and be very much on top of this. Kids can be corrupted by this material. Just remember, though, just remember that with God, all things are still possible. Have a great day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.